Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the waitlist right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast. This podcast episode might have two intros because now that I'm recording this, I remember that I kind of introed my guest today, but not really. So I'm going to do a more official one. Um, today, I have a special guest by the name of Aaron Rose. This is someone who magically came across my social feed. I have no idea how I found him, but ever since I found him, it's very rare that I find someone whose every single word and every single post and every single video truly resonates with my soul where I'm like, yes, this person gets it. Like this person is awake and aware and really doing his inner work and really on this path and providing us with so much wisdom and sending so much love and light to the planet at this time. And I couldn't help myself. I mentioned this in the podcast episode, but one day I was in breathwork practice, which I feel like going forward, now that I am a facilitator of breathwork, I will probably be talking about it even more. So if you're not currently practicing it, I'm here to tell you, start. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You can do whatever you want to do. But anyway, so I um, was in a breathwork practice and I didn't have an intention this time. And I just was pretty open to whatever would come through. And when I finished this particular session about a week ago, all I heard in my head was, you need to interview Aaron Rose. 
And I was like, I'm pretty sure him and I never talked on social. It's not like we're friends. I follow him. I'm not even sure if he follows me back. Like it's it's kind of that relationship where I would like a lot of his stuff. I would comment. But beyond that, there wasn't any um, depth yet. And for some reason, and I like to bring guests on who I have a relationship with of some sort, just because I feel like the energy really thrives from that space. But maybe it's something about me, like kind of staying in my comfort zone, because I just reached out to two people today that I've literally never talked to either. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Really awesome people. And so my intuition literally said, you need to interview Aaron Rose. And I'm like, okay. And so (laughs) I went to my DMs. I sent a DM and literally within like minutes, he responded. He's like, yeah, I'm so about that. And he'll mention in the podcast, like how he was feeling a similar wavelength and just a really cool story behind how the universe works and how the universe connects us. Aaron Rose is someone amazing. I'm going to read his official bio just because it's so good. Um, Gives you a nice context to who he is. But before I do that, I just want to share with you what we talk about. Um, We talk about a lot of things. We talk about owning our truth, like what it means to live and own your truth, what it means to be afraid of sharing your truth. Uh, We talk about the state of the world right now and what from Aaron's perspective, what he sees happening right now and how we can shift and how we can create a better world. Um, He gives some amazing tips for feeling fear and uncertainty and what we can do whenever we're we're feeling triggered or someone else triggers us or we trigger someone else. We talk a lot about this new, uh, this concept of a new paradigm and where the world is going on, where the world is going toward right now, as well as um, being in alignment, being multidimensional, being spiritual. He shares a lot about his spiritual background and how he went from coming from a Catholic background to where he is today, um, as well as how we can bring more inclusivity into our business, into our spiritual light working space, and how leaders can really show up and be as inclusive as possible to make everyone feel welcomed in their space. Um, a lot of really great conversations. I'm not going to take away from this interview. I just want to dive right in. Um, but if you don't know who Aaron is, Aaron Rose is a new paradigm spiritual teacher transformational coach for public figures, inclusive culture consultant, motivational speaker, energy worker, and human being committed to changing and enjoying the world at the same time. He is devoted to healing our crisis of separation and political polarization by designing radical, inclusive community cultures, facilitating individual recovery from trauma and isolation, and empowering the next generation of changemakers to lead the way. Aaron has facilitated cultural transformation across multiple industries from wellness and spirituality to tech and finance using a unique mix of restorative justice, neuroscience, metaphysics, and meditation. His clients have included McKinsey & Co., Columbia University, Greenpeace, T-Mobile, and more. As a transformational coach and energy worker, Aaron helps public figures transcend their fears of criticism and embrace their unique role in building a better world. Having experienced both violent discrimination and unfounded privilege, Aaron is a champion of a world where we are celebrated for our unique incarnations while also transcending the labels that keep us divided." You guys are in for a treat. I know that this interview really spoke to my soul. 
And um, I've been called by my good friend, Jill, behind uh, Screw the 9 to 5, if you guys are familiar. She always calls me a warm hug, and I love that description, and I'm so honored that she calls me that. Um, I would, in turn, pass on that label, pass on that description to Aaron Rose, and um, share that he really feels like a warm hug to me. So you guys are in for a treat. This is a deep conversation. You might want to be listening to it a couple of times. So take notes, um, push rewind, repeat, restart, whatever you got to do to really get in all the juicy nuggets. And as always, if this spoke to you and resonated with you, make sure you tag both Aaron and I at Aaron X Rose on Instagram, as well as at Manifestation Babe. And just let us know what your breakthroughs are throughout. We really want to hear them. And I definitely know that this is not the last time, not the only time that Aaron will be on the podcast. All right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive right in. Hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Bay podcast. I am so excited because today I have a very special guest on the podcast named Aaron Rose. How are you today, Aaron? I'm doing amazing. I feel so blessed and excited to be connecting with you right now. Yes, I'm so grateful that you are here. You know, I have no idea how we cross paths. I swear you like showed up on my social feed and I swear the best people that I connect with just show up somehow. And we all know that's how the universe works. And if there's anybody and what stood out to me most about you was how genuine you are and just how much you radiate that authenticity and that love and that light. And you've been producing some incredible content that I know for me has been like some real soul food. And I keep coming back to your profile over and over and over again. And as I was telling you before we started this recording was that one day I was in breath work and I came out of my 30 minute practice as I normally do. And I always have like various downloads, but this time specifically what my intuition said is you need to interview Aaron Rose for your podcast. And I'm like, okay. And so I remember going in the DMs and like DMing you and being like, I don't know if he's going to say yes. And you said yes immediately. And here we are. And I just wanted to express my gratitude to you because you are really someone who shows up as, at least from my perspective, as someone who just owns their truth. And if there's anyone that I could find that says, I'm living my truth and I own it, I'd pick you. And that's why you're here. Um, can you just in your own words kind of share like, what is it that you do? Like, tell us a little bit about yourself, especially for those people who um, don't know you yet. Amazing. And thank you for that, that beautiful synchronistic introduction. You know, when I, I, I feel, I feel how the universe weaves the web, especially right now. And so when you reached out, I was like, it was almost as if like I had had just kind of a heads up energetically of like, this, this is probably going to happen at some point. Like, and it was just like, like almost on that soul level of us just like knowing that at some point there would be something for us to do together at this very unique time, um, during, during our collective evolution. Um, and yeah, so, you know, my journey and, and what I do, there's always different language to describe it. Lately, I've been saying God is my boss. <laughs> um, and really that, you know, I work for the universe. I've surrendered my life to the divine and in, in moments of both deep desperation and deep faith. And through that have been given a life beyond my wildest dreams and given the clarity of how I meant to serve and, Everything that I do is really in service of building heaven on earth, building a new earth, building a world where 
we all thrive. And that started at, I remember being three, four, five years old and looking up to Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King Jr. and Mother Teresa. And like, those were my archetypes of world changers. And I started out doing very sort of third dimensional, classic social justice organizing, activism, things like that you know, chaining myself to things, rallying in the streets, organizing workers, things like that. And over time, it's just been this metaphysical unfolding of, of the quest to make things right on this beautiful planet, leading me to new tools, new perspectives. And now at this point, it is a very multidimensional, metaphysical, spiritual undertaking. Yeah. And that's, that's so incredible. Didn't you start like, um, doing your activism at a very, very young age? I think it was like 13 and 14. I did. Yeah. I, when I was in high school, I, and one of my really, really good friends, um, started this group called think globally, act locally, where I would skip my lunch period and my study hall period. And I would show up in, I don't even know how we convinced these high school, you know, social studies teachers to let us do this. And I would roll up with my, you know, 2005 PowerPoint and be like, guys, there's something dramatically bad happening in the world. You know, it was definitely really this fire of like, did you know that people are hungry? Did you know that people are dying in this way? Did you know that this genocide is happening? And hitting these teenagers with that intel and then saying, and here's what you can do. We can think globally. And then here's like one clear action that we can all take together. Um, And that was you know, in some ways, when I look back on that, it's like that sole signature of what I do now is so present. It was like, there's something really big, but we're going to break it down. And I have faith and hope and I'm going to take that role of being a peer, but also a guide. We're going to talk all about what's going on in the world right now and kind of like how we can do about it. Because I love that. I love that take on, you know, it's one thing to just share content with people and just like, here are my thoughts and opinions, but it's a whole nother level when you can actually give people tangible things to do, which is what I really, really love about you and, um, and what I strive to do on my podcast as well. Can you tell me a little bit about like your spiritual journey? Like you're obviously very tuned in, tapped in and connected. Is this something that just like from childhood you were really tapped into, or is this something where you had like the classic spiritual awakening? Like I know I had the classic spiritual awakening in 2016, no, 2015, October, 2015. I'll never forget. I went to a Tony Robbins event and at there was the very first time I ever heard my intuition and my soul speak to me and tell me that everything that I'm doing in my life right now is not serving me, how I'm not supposed to go to medical school. I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to be in the relationship that I'm in currently. And I was dating this guy for almost seven years. And I was not supposed to live in Seattle, Washington. I was supposed to come back to Los Angeles and live here. I now live here. And I remember thinking I was going crazy. I was like, this, are you kidding me? I am letting go of every single construct of what I am supposed to be doing in order to be successful. God, angels, universe. I remember just like asking like, whatever is out there, can you please give me a sign? And I remember just choosing 1111. And at the time it had no significance to me whatsoever. It was really just my best friend growing up would always say 1111, make a wish, you know, like all kids do. And I was like, okay, show me 1111, not really understanding what I was asking for, not really understanding that I was opening up that portal to communicate with my guides and communicate with the universe. And I remember going to my um, grandma's kitchen because I was staying over at her house at the time. Uh, The event was in Los Angeles and I was still living in Seattle. 
And I remember grabbing a glass of water and on the microwave, the time was 11, 11. And from that point on, it was like the craziest journey. I'm curious about you. Like I had a very like classic, like, Oh my God, what's happening is this spiritual awakening. But what about for you? I love hearing your story because there's, there's so much grace, these little moments of like, you know, the soul contract that you had with your childhood best friend where she would plant that seed and then you would have that oh and that God. would be I your didn't gateway. Think about that. Yeah. Oh my God. It's amazing. So my journey in some ways is, is somewhat similar. I would say that there's always been this through line of awe and wonder and this ability to just feel the magic of the world and feel like, wow. Like what is going on on earth that like a flower looks like that? And like this puppy looks like this and like the stars exist. Like there was always that kind of wonder in my, in my life and that sense of magic. And even in the darkest moments, there was a little bit of this energy of, it was always, there was an energy of, if it seems this dark to me and I can be in the observation mode of the darkness then there's something in me that's different than that. And so I had this childhood that was really intense. Really, I I say I chose the double black diamond, (laughs) like maximum darkness before maximum light route into this life where just incarnated into a family with a lot of trauma and a lot of drama and many different layers of just feeling so isolated and so unseen and so not honored and just in the energy of just despair and guilt and wondering if I was going to survive another day and that being very present in my consciousness really through my early 20s of just being super hopeful and like we can change the world but at the same time you know we're so multifaceted we have this kind of illusion of this consistent unified self like there was the part of me that was like yes we're changing the world and there was the part of me that was like in deep despair and depression and almost this like biological level trauma of I don't know if I should stay on the planet and I don't know if I'm going to survive what I'm experiencing and being a magnet for harassment and abuse because that's just what was normal to me and that's what I expected. And, and so, and I also should say I was raised in a Catholic environment. And so even for me to start a podcast by saying God is my boss (laughs) is there's like a timeline where a younger version of me is like turning off the podcast and it's like, Oh, this guy, God's your boss. You don't know what I've been through. And, you know, God, prayer, Jesus, any of anything spiritual for a certain period of time was so triggering to me because I felt so unseen in the church. And I I remember even being three, four years old and singing my own songs in church where I remember looking up at the big, just paintings on the big ceiling of the church and singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, because there was something in me that was like, the vibe is off here. (laughs) There isn't, we're speaking about love and truth, but it doesn't feel like that's what I'm experiencing. So there were these big dark night of the soul moments, my, you know, Albert Camus and John Paul Sartre phase of, of like total existentialism and atheism. And, and then coming to a surrender point where I had been trying to make things work in the external world. I was doing activism based on convincing other people to believe what I thought about the world. Mm. I was trying to move my life around like chess pieces on a chessboard. I felt at the effect of other people's hate and misunderstanding. I felt like the world was chaotic and there wasn't a logic to it. And it brought me to a surrender point where I start, I just, for me, it was actually getting sober. I wasn't someone who was 
I would say, overly abusing any kind of substance, but it was this sense of like, something is trying to be birthed through me and this is the only thing I can think to do. And there was a big eclipse happening and I was like, sounds like a great great thing to do. I'll just stop drinking and see what happens. And, and from that point, it was a similar evolution of synchronicity where anything that wasn't aligned in my life got ripped away and I went even deeper into my meditation practice and really started to act as if. It was like, meditating and being separate from the idea of God just hadn't gotten me where I wanted to go. And I was still searching for a deeper tool to free myself, but also to free the world. And I did have those moments of like being literally on my knees saying, I don't even know if you're real, G-O-D, but I'm yours. Like I surrender to love and I surrender, like just show me the way. And you know, it's been a wild ride ever since. I, I can see why we connected because we have such similar stories and backgrounds in terms of like religion as well, because, um, you know, I also had a pretty like traumatic childhood and like a lot of just like wondering, like, is this all that there is? And why can't we get all, why can't we all get along? Like as, as I read on your website, like last night, I was doing a little bit of research here and there just to like spark some ideas. Not that I, go really in depth because I love learning about people. You know, it's one thing to learn about you on a, on a website and a whole nother story to learn about you here, like face to face or zoom to zoom as you know, with this pandemic. Um, and so, you know, I remember like always wondering, always having these questions. And I also, though I wasn't brought up in a religious background, my my family would identify as Russian Orthodox mm. and it's a very like strict, a stricter, like uh, Christian religion. And, um, when I grew up, when I was in that relationship that I talked about, the relationship of seven years, he was actually very religious and his family is very religious. And I remember kind of like, you know, when you spend a lot of time with someone and you start to kind of resonate with their belief systems and that just happens from like being in their energy for such a long time, I remember when we initially broke up, I really struggled because I kept hearing about like, God is going to punish you if you don't go to church, if you don't pray, if you don't do this. And I remember convincing myself or being convinced that if we end our relationship, my whole life is going to go to crap. And I remember that was really like, and thank you for sparking that because I just made that connection. Like, that's what I really struggled with in terms of like this chaos of like, God, if you're really there, if you actually exist or universe or whatever it is that you are, like, I need a sign that I'm on the right path because right now I feel like I'm going to get punished for doing this. For some reason, I feel like I'm going to get zapped. Like you're going to come out of the sky and zap me. And my business that I was working so hard on starting at that time is going to go to crap and nothing's going to work out. And, you know, I'm going to hit a rock bottom. And only if I go back to the church, will I be blessed? And for me, it was really actually um, listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer that finally broke me free from that because what I loved about him and what I love about what you're saying is that he used the word God, but like in a completely different context of like freedom and, and that you are a soul and you're divinely loved and that you can't mess up so much that God forgets about you and that you are a, you are your most magnetic self when you are your most authentic self. And by being your most authentic self, 
you have to really go after what it is that you want and, and being unhappy and sacrificing yourself for other people. That's not you being your most authentic self. And what I loved about him is that he just like bridged it for me to where I could finally break free from that. And then now my, my, um, viewpoint is that I use the word God. I use the word angels. I use the word universe. I use the word source. I see it all as one and it doesn't matter what it is that you call it. I think it's all about what you feel. And if it feels right to you, then put any label that it is that you want. It shouldn't matter. I'm curious if you, like, what was your experience of kind of like breaking free from that, um, from the constructs of that Catholic background that you have? Mm, I love hearing this. And I had full body chills because Wayne Dyer was very, very powerful for me as well. Actually, the day he passed in 2015, I had really powerful shifts happen in my life and he became a very present spirit guide for me and his energy is very present here um, on Hawaii where I am and it's it is that bridging and and you know when I when I hear that sense of being feeling like you're going to be punished you know we can think about that like the false father template or the false light template of this fear-based matrix version of love and religion and the way that whatever trauma we experienced or just whatever relationship we had with our parents who were, you know, to our little biological, you know, minds as a kid, they were God. They're the ones who are providing for all of your needs. Whatever that relationship is, it gets projected back onto the creator. And so that sense of like, you know, sometimes the universe is there for me and sometimes it's not, you know, I can be doing what feels really good. And then out of nowhere, get smacked upside the head with something because I, you know, shouldn't have been doing that. How many of us have just even small experiences like that as a kid where you're just like doing your thing and vibing and then some adult comes in and is like, no, cross your legs. No, don't play with them. No, whatever it is. And that sense of instability that can that has so so many layers within our, our genes at this point because of what our ancestry has experienced as well. So for me, it's been this dance too of even that, that kind of intergalactic multidimensional understanding of even thinking, receiving the information, oh, there is a false father template. Oh, someone else gave me a story about God that doesn't have to be mine. Oh, and this revolutionary zeal that I've always had of like, we got to make this world a better place, taking that and applying it and saying like, nobody's going to keep me from God, right? Like nobody's going to keep me from this energy and these tools and this prayer that something in me is telling me is it's the final thing to try and it's the thing that's going to work. <laughs> right. um, and, and, and really w- even within my own consciousness, speaking to God, speaking to my understanding of source and say, you know, a little bit of a, you know, Judy Bloom, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret moment of like, I don't even know who you are and our relationship is messed up, but like, I need you to come through and I want to work on this and really like allowing yourself to be human in your expression as well. Cause even the idea of having to be like super reverent and pray in a certain way, like yeah. who gave that to us? Yeah, like, Devotion is powerful, but you can be devoted, like throwing a temper tantrum on your floor, like asking God for guidance about how to be more of service. I love that question of who gave this to us because like for what really helps me kind of break free from the old paradigms of who I think I should be and how I was raised is like, according to whom? Like who made that up? Like whose rule is that? Whose story is that? And just even asking that allows you to gain that awareness of stepping outside of yourself and having this third person perspective of just looking at your life objectively and being like, why are you doing that? 
Why do you believe that? Why is that your rule? And is there, and I love to tell this to my students, like, have you ever found a book that just fell out of the sky that says, you know, these are the rules for Catherine Zinkina. And these are the rules for Aaron Rose. And these are the rules for Margaret. And these are the rules for Joe. And it's like, no, like there is not a single, I mean, look at the sky, look at the ground, go searching for it. That book does not exist. And we can create whatever rules that we want for ourselves. And I wanted to ask you just from your perspective, like what does it mean to own your truth? And what does authenticity mean to you? And like, what tips do you have for people who are not yet claiming the truth of who they really are? Authenticity is really the name of the game at this point. If we desire a life that feels different than what we're experiencing, and if we desire a world that feels different than what we're experiencing. For me, what's coming through in this moment is that authenticity is this friction-free experience of existing, where you have an authentic impulse within your life force (laughs) aligned with your heart and you do it. (laughs) And you're not in that mental game of, or that deep subconscious reprogramming game of all of these rules that you picked up through your childhood and your ancestry and your parallel and past lives about what you need to do to survive. Because that's really what, what compromises our authenticity is the story brought to us and reinforced through inorganic human action that if you speak, you will be punished. You, you know, a lot of people have the story baked into them of you can either be yourself or you can be with other people. How many of us either were burned at the stake, watched someone get burned at the stake, were run out of the town for being spiritually aligned, or literally just loved someone who had less money than our parents wanted to them to have like in this life or another one or just all of these different fear-based choices and programs that were put into us, it's, that's what keeps us from, from owning our truth. So understanding that there's, if you, I talk to a lot of people who are like, I have so much to say, but then I literally, I can't, I can't get it out. And knowing that it's not just because like, you need to do a little bit more personal development work. And like, you just somehow have a closed throat chakra. It's like, I don't know how many versions of you and versions of people whose DNA are still in you and how many movies have you watched in this lifetime that told you that you're literally not going to survive speaking what is real for you, that you will literally be extinguished, whether actually killed or through extreme social isolation and you know, basically choosing between living a lie in the town or being an oracle inside of a mountain somewhere that you only see someone once a year and maybe telepathically communicates with your other friends who are in other mountains. So just understanding that there's been so much programming to make you, and you said, when you said zapped, I love that because it's literally like a dog that's been kicked every single time it's it's tried to go run or go outside or drink water. And it's like, like an electric need... fence or electric yeah. collar or something like that. Like we all have our own electric fences and electric collars. Totally. And again, who put that there? And the second question I like to ask is, well, I like to ask, what would I have to believe in order to be experiencing this? Like what's the story behind this, my fear of expressing? And then I like to ask, who benefits from that story? Yeah. And that's often a great way to like interrupt and be like, whoa, this is definitely not mine because I'm not winning in the situation. Oh my God. I so love that question. It's, it's, they say something like, 
the trauma can be passed on for like many, many, many generations. I think it's like 12 to 14 or something like that. And that's not including past lives and that's not including parallel lives. And like, we can just go like so deep into other dimensions, but it's like, it's so true. Like I, I did a, um, not a past life regression. I didn't even mean to go in a past life, but I was in meditation experiencing a healing, um, done by a healer. And, um, all of a sudden I am literally like in a, a place, I don't know what lifetime it was, but I'm being burned at the stake. And I, I'm watching my mom and daughter in that lifetime looking at me because, you know, everyone was gathered around me. I was like the entertainment for people because I was a witch and I was getting burned and everyone's like chanting, like burn that witch. And I see my mom and my daughter and they're just like watching me, but they like can't look and they're like crying and they're like looking at my face and fire is starting. And I remember going like, whoa, hold on a second. That is why for so much in my life, and this is something that I'm still working on, is that ability of like just being myself and speaking my truth and saying what I really mean. And I know for me personally, for the longest time, what held me back, Erin, was the story of like, is this going to offend someone? Is this, is the, what if someone doesn't like it? What if you get a bad comment? What if blah, 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 blah. And it's just like constant monkey mind chatter that is keeping you stuck and small. And when I would ask myself the question of like, how is this benefiting me? It's like insane. The breakthroughs that I would have from that question. I'm curious um, to hear from you, like for people who do have that monkey mind chatter of just like being afraid of posting that podcast or, or, or uploading that podcast or posting that post or really just like talking. You know, I see a lot of people, especially um, when this first started happening, the pandemic, I witnessed a lot of people like kind of walking on eggshells, being afraid to, to offend people and people who were feeling really good about what, what was happening from a spiritual perspective of like, look at, look at the fact that this is like, now we call it the great awakening, but look at how many people are waking up. Look at how many people are forced to really sit with themselves and reflect. And like, we could see this positive like aspect of it, but like, I would see so many people be afraid to say that because they felt like they were, um, going to offend people who were having a harder time, who were losing their job, who were, you know, getting the virus or, or someone in their family actually died from the virus or whatever. And so I'm so curious, like, how do we break free from that crappy paradigm? The first thing that I would say is getting really clear on your why. Mm. Because without a really clear why and an intention, then we're then then the, the whole process doesn't have the the energy and the meaning that we want. So if you're in this inquiry of like, I want to share, why? What do you think is gonna happen based on sharing? Like getting clear on like, I just deserve to be able to express myself. I just want to feel free. I don't want to have to worry. You know, and and or setting the intention, like, I want to share what's true for me and, and kind of anchoring into that, that why, because when we don't do that, then the old programming can come in and be like, wait, maybe there's a legitimate premise for why you shouldn't share. (laughs) And what, and, and so really owning, like, no, I'm going to be really clear that if there's something in me, it deserves to be expressed. And I'm going to really own that and be in the project of making that more possible feels first. The second thing is really understanding that we're all clearing this demonization energy from the collective. And so even, you know, on on a meta level, the way that we're seeing things play out where people are getting called out online and everybody's afraid to speak their truth in these different layers, like we're all in this collective project of being more okay being ourselves, but also being more okay with others being themselves 
themselves too, because the same programming that makes you be like, holy heck, I'm going to be burned at the stake for, and I felt that very strongly specifically for you for speaking my truth is the same programming that says, oh, I'm going to die if I don't report my neighbor to the Nazis. Like I'm going to, like, I have to maintain the collective consciousness mainstream paradigm. Otherwise I'm not going to be okay. Don't believe that. Right. What if someone hears that you believe that? And again, happening on a very subconscious level, the way we've been trained to police each other. So that really helps me because I always say it's not them, it's their programming, right? We're all beautiful, unique Mm. emanations of source. Like everybody is amazing. Everybody is God. Everybody is love. And whatever comes out at you through them isn't really who they truly are. And they will, you know, none of us get any more free unless we continue to baby step our way through those illusions of fear. And I always say like, if you don't speak your truth, you deny someone else the opportunity to have their prayers answered through you. Thank goodness people kept posting when about manifestation and surrendering to the universe and their experience coming back to God after religious trauma. When I was like side-eyeing them in the comments all those years ago saying, nice for you to say you create your own reality. You don't see what I'm dealing with. Right. But they kept posting. And then finally I let that in. And now here I am holding that same space. Yeah. I love that. And it's like, even if people do disagree, like you don't know how that's going to affect them in the future. Like, even if you do trigger people, the way that you said, the way that you said it, it's like, I see it as we're planting seeds for people. We're planting seeds for their evolution. We're planting seeds for their spiritual awakening. And if we don't do that, then we are literally going against why we're here. And I truly believe personally, like we're all here to wake up together. Like we're all here to create this mass awakening and to create the the great awakening. And I'm super curious, what are your thoughts around like what's going on? Like what's really going on in the world right now? Like, is this really just about a virus or is it about so much more? We talk a lot about creating a better world and um, you even have something called a future world meditation and you're all about how it's vibration first and how it's energy first and how it's inner peace within ourselves first before we create world peace. I am a hundred percent behind that. I'm so curious to hear like what your thoughts are around what the hell is going on in the world right now. <laughs> what the heaven and hell is going on on earth? That is the question. Um, it is my perspective is very multidimensional and very inclusive in the sense that many people are working with many different perspectives in many different parallel and overlapping experiences of this moment. Mm. So it's almost like when you, I'm picturing in Harry Potter, when they go into the exams and, you know, some of them are better at one test or the other, and they come out and one of them's like, Oh, it was so easy. I love that test. It was so fun. And then someone else is like, Oh my God, I failed. And that dragon bit me or (laughs) whatever it is. Like we all have different curriculums during this moment. And so I'm going to share a few perspectives, but really for anyone listening to really feel into the fact that you might be really called to explore one perspective right now on this that is essential for your healing. It may simply serve you to be like, I don't know what's going on, but God needed to press the pause button on our lives so that like I could meditate and like detox my system and there would be less pollution and I would just have more space to decide what the heck I'm doing with the rest of my life. That may be your only story. You may need to really believe like this virus is completely not real and it's constructed, you know, it was manufactured and released to create chaos and 
there's an authoritarian takeover that's being attempted right now. And you may need to really go into that because like you have been at the effect of giving away your power for generations and you need to stand the F up within your energetic field and say no to whatever you feel like you need to say no to. You may feel like your only job right now is to wear your mask and bring groceries to your elderly neighbor. Um, Even if you don't fear catching the virus because you actually have a curriculum of learning how to be more connected to the collective physically in that way and showing your care through making different changes in your life that other people are asking of you. Someone else may see that and be like, absolutely not. I need to not wear a mask and I need to, you know, hang out with my friends in public and flip off the police because that's what my curriculum right now is. And one of my mentors, Nicole Peretti, always said to me, there's no right or wrong. It's all your choice, right? So understanding too that like whatever comes of this moment, just live it. Show up for what you feel like it is asking of you. And then the next step on the path will be made clear. That is one of my most favorite perspectives I've ever heard, like ever, because it's so true. We're all experiencing this so differently and we're all going through our own curriculum. And something I'm consistently seeing is that it is for people who are unaware of what you just said, it is creating division amongst us. It's creating anger. I see people like, how dare you believe that? How dare you say that? Da, 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 da. And I made a post like the other day about how we're missing the point here. Like this is supposed to, this is, this is for us to unite and this is for us to bring even more love and light onto this planet. And this is about, this is not about right or wrong. This is just about seeing that we all have different beliefs. And I love what you said about curriculum because I see it in that way too. It's like, we're all learning different lessons and all of us have different experiences. And I'm, curious like to hear like what what would you say to the people who are experiencing that like division or feeling like they're angry at someone who is diving into those conspiracy theories which we have plenty of that and then the people who are like how you know or the people who are like how dare you not dive into those conspiracy theories like how do we find the middle ground is it just understanding that we all have different lessons like exactly what you just said is that it is that the secret (laughs) There's probably multiple secrets, but the depending on which way you're looking at it, I feel called to say right now that, you know, when we think about why is there a curriculum in this moment to zoom out even more, it is because we have chosen to create heaven on earth on earth within this lifetime. This is a completion lifetime for many beings. We said, put me in coach. I'm going to choose that really gnarly bloodline. I'm going to go in there oh, <laughs> and I I'm going to experience the darkness and I'm going to blast the light out and I'm going to end these cycles of trauma and violence. And we are on that. There's multiple timelines for earth, but the dominant timeline is that paradise, ascension, heaven on earth timeline where we get to, ex- like what is so amazing about earth and the trees behind me are like, waving in the wind right now to communicate. They're like, yes, I am amazing. I kept thinking you were in Bali. Every time I would see your Insta stories, I'm like, this dude is in Bali, but you're not. You're in Hawaii, right? Yes, I'm in Hawaii. Sister sister islands with similar aesthetic overlap. But this, you know, this heaven on earth energy is really about understanding that we all have this higher consciousness, this ability to access unconditional love and all these higher frequencies. But 
how amazing would it be if we actually got to embody it in physical form in one of the most diverse places in the entire universe? The Pleiadians call Earth a living library. There is so much diversity here. So what an incredible feat would it be and will be and is already that we learn how to experience maximum sovereignty, self-possession, maximum unity, and unity consciousness and operating as a collective with maximum diversity, not actually merging back into the same thing, but staying as uniquely different as we are. And so what is happening right now as within a personal healing process is that our powerful intention set over many, 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 many years is drawing us forward to the resolution of that. But it's like going through a metal detector that just rips shrapnel out of your body because you can't take it with you because anything that's not a match to it. And I say that because it's like, oh, that's a little gory, but like, that's how it feels, right? It's that intense. What is not a match to that is coming up and out. And so you said this situation is creating this division and fear. And the perspective that I'm operating with right now is like, it's showing us the separation and fear that's already there. Mm-hmm. Right? And so if it's coming up and out, it's the root is within us. And so it's like having really gnarly food poisoning or an unexpected experience on a cleanse that you thought was going to be a little bit more chill. Um, if it's coming up, it's for you to look at and have a new experience of. And sometimes it means like living through that messy experience. And the last thing I'll say is like, for those of you who feel really at the effect of others' choices, you're doing this alchemical dance where it may not actually be correct for you to immediately be like, we're all one. I love you. Like your opinion doesn't affect me because you have to get clear within your sovereignty where you actually don't feel anymore any of that old programming of if your neighbor does that thing, then you're going to get in trouble with the police or any other vibrational version of that. Not feeling at the effect of other people is a process. Do you have any like personal practices for anytime you do feel triggered or anytime you feel fear or uncertainty? Like what are your go-tos? Go to is definitely just observer mode. I like to write. I like to just journal it out and be like, it's so interesting. I feel like I'm dying right now. I'm extremely (laughs) triggered. Isn't that I feel like I want I want to run away right now. And just literally being able to say like this is an experience I'm having or talking to friends like I feel crazy right now. I feel like I never want to talk to this person again. I feel like I want to delete my Instagram. I feel like, you know, whatever it is. And just saying like, oh, I'm having this human experience. And then knowing that, like almost physically treating it like something that's, that needs to leave. So sweating it out, boxing it out, playing basketball, meditating, breath work, taking activated charcoal and yelling at the sky until I fall asleep and then (laughs) napping and waking up and clearing it from my system, like physically working with the energy. Because I think that that's where a lot of people struggle spiritually these days is like, it feels so mental. It's like, go into your mind, reprogram this memory, do the shadow work. Like, but sometimes you literally need to like be a wild animal that is letting your body move it through you. And that's at least a lot of the energy that I work with these days, but really basic shadow work, kind of like shamanic journey to the root of the memory, feel the emotion, clear it. um, That is really important for me as well. Yeah. I would say for me, it's also observer effect. And I remember the first time I ever experienced like what it's actually like to be in the observer effect was um, when I was doing my NLP training, there was like a, a practice that we did where we would experience, go back into the past, experience a, some sort of like memory that would come up, like anything that would frustrate us, like think of a frustrating situation. 
And so we'd go back and we'd experience it through our own eyes. And then what we would do is if there's another person involved, we would then go into the other person and basically see ourselves and experience it from their perspective. And of course, these are just like two humans interacting with each other. So you don't just end there. Where you then go is you go into a security camera and like you have the security camera view. And that's really my go-to is like whenever I'm really not able to see like the bigger picture, I go into this like security camera, you know, it's like kind of like black and white and it's just like, it's a little fuzzy, but you can kind of see what's going on. And it really gets you to separate from all the colors and all the like fire of what's happening. And you're just like, okay, there's a situation, there's two people or there's a, you know, there's a, someone left the comment or someone did this or someone did that. And um, then you just go into like this genuine like fascination of like, isn't that interesting? Why did she start yelling? How come he's reacting that way? Why, why, why do that? Why not do that? And it's just, it brings you so much like clarity around like, yo, like it's not just, life isn't just happening. I mean, life is happening for each of us separately through our own filters, but there's so much more that's going on beyond when you just zoom out into like a security camera. So I love that you go there. I love that that's one of your go-tos. I'm super curious, you know, you talk about how like earth is a ton of diversity. And I know that something that you're super passionate about is like inclusivity. And some questions I have for you is like, how can we bring more inclusivity into the spiritual like light working space? And specifically, what can leaders do to make sure that they're being as inclusive as possible? And I know that one thing that comes up for me in particular is like, we're taught to have a niche and we're taught to like speak to who we really want to speak. And so I'm wondering, does inclusivity and like choosing a niche of like what we really want to talk to and who we really want to talk to, are they separate or can we combine them together? Like, how does that work? That's a beautiful question. So, and I love, and I love that security camera footage. It's like, ah, yes, there I am passive aggressively looking away from my partner on the subway again. There it is (laughs) repeatedly throughout all of 2014 and 2015, you know, just like the things that we've lived through. Um, You know, when we, when we talk about inclusivity, it's this dance and I see it as a same, the same thing that's happening at a personal level in terms of generational pattern healing, you know, what in me in the same way I'm, you know, I might've been scared to be seen, you know, for me, I love Instagram because I love seeing when my numbers go up. I'm like, Oh, I love myself more. Like I'm more integrated. (laughs) I'm more able to be seen in my truth. Like amazing. Um, you know, the same programming that made me afraid to be seen has also made me feel like I might not survive proximity to someone of a different race than me. That being around someone whose skin color is different than mine means pain or means something else or that they're bad, right? The way that we've been shown that. And so knowing that it is, there are beliefs that we got to clean house on (laughs) in the same way and make amends for in the same way that we're clearing things that feel a little bit more intimately personal. And what I say about niche is like your niche can be really specific, but if there is, let's just say like your niche is people who are spiritually seeking and like love aliens and living their best life. You know, if you look at that and you see like, whoa, actually there's like someone of many different identities who fits that description should feel welcome in your space. Mm, Right. And, and so it's less, you know, I was even just talking to, um, to someone that I do some marketing stuff with, and we were talking about how like, it feels irrelevant to say things like 
people of this gender between ages like 13 and 24, it's like, no, it's these sort of archetypes. And so feeling into like, is there something in me that thinks that someone who's black or someone who's gay is less likely to be in this archetype that I'm in conversation with? And also knowing that we're holding ourselves to a really high standard around inclusivity right now. And we're all in the messy process because we're collectively clearing separation on every level. And so it may not look perfect right now. And I'll just say as someone who's LGBTQ in a variety of ways, I don't really identify with that strongly at this point, but it's true to my experience. And in the past, you know, I didn't feel welcome until I felt welcome within myself. There were plenty of people where where I could have been like, that person's community is exclusive and it's not diverse enough. But now I love them. and I feel completely included because I've released the instinct within me that made me feel like it was normal and natural for me to be excluded. Mm, wow. That's really powerful. Do you see any, you know, um, this is just coming up. Like, do you see any ways, like any mistakes that you've seen spiritual leaders make in this, in this area? Like one thing that comes up for me is like, like the concept of like, do, um, if you do, you're damned. And if you don't, you're damned as well. Like, like talking about this or bringing this up or like opening up conversations around this, or just like doing your part when it comes to this, like, how do we start to integrate that? Or how do, are there any mistakes that you see people make? Or like, can you kind of talk about this in terms of like, cause I know there's a lot of like spiritual leaders and light workers who listen to this podcast and just like, I'm all about, diversity and inclusivity. And this is something that even I'm like still learning about and educating myself on. So I'm just curious to hear a little more about that from you. Definitely. So I'm a big fan of baseline practices. So if you're engaging with this and you're feeling into like, what does it look like to be more inclusive? I'd say, first of all, we got to talk to God. We got to we got to surrender to Source, right? You know, yeah. of course, in miracles, says fear is a, is a sure sign I'm, that you're trusting in your strength alone. And so, with everything, sort of turning it over and saying, "This is coming up because I'm on the path of living in love and truth." And please show me the way. Please bring me the teachers. Please, like you know, give me a clear sign. Is now the time to share on this? What's the most aligned way? And when we do that, and we sit in prayer, and I pray over everything I share on social media, I reiki the heck out of it. I, I encode it. <laughs> and so when you do that, you know, saying like, and get taking the time to integrate it before you post it. Like if it's bringing up that like, oh, what are people going to think? Sitting with it, feeling into it and really feeling that frequency of love and connection that you desire to create before you post it. So that if criticism comes back, you're like, okay, well, I felt divinely guided to share it. I set my intentions. And so now I can work with what's coming back rather than feeling like we're just kind of running around in the external realm. Um, And I also really encourage people to do like a baseline spiritual practice around identity. It may simply be adding a loving kindness meditation to your daily practice where you're picturing your whole audience and you're picturing people that you feel really easily connected to. And then you're picturing people who might feel excluded from your space. And you're literally just sending love from your heart to theirs. And I have seen the most ridiculous breakthroughs when clients have done this, where they're like, you know, I'm just one client in particular was really feeling into needing more diversity in her contributors to her site. And she was like, I love everyone, but this certain category isn't coming, isn't coming. 
And we went and looked at, okay, what are the childhood experiences with those people? Oh, there's some drama. Oh, my dad kind of hated them. And then we did a little meditation of sending them love. And then within 24 hours, I had an email from her saying, oh my God, like five different people reached out asking if they could write for my site. And they all fit this identity category. So it's like anything, any specific problem on earth that we're dealing with can also be handled with the tools that we already have. Mm, I so resonate with that. And, um, you know, you talk about like being super intentional with social media. One thing that really helped me grow my audience and like really echoing what you're saying around like people feeling included by my brand. I've gotten a lot of feedback around that. And I just want to make sure I'm doing my best, of course. So that's why I'm like asking these questions and especially for the listeners as well. Um, but I'm being a little selfish here, <laughs> asking questions for myself as well. Um, something that I do and I wanted to echo, um, what you said is I send love and light and that loving kindness, as you mentioned to my audience. Like I imagine, like I look at my, I look at my follower count and I just do my best to picture all the people. I do my best to picture however many I have now, 159,000 or 149,000. And so I'll see 149,000 souls. And every single day, whenever I see that number, whenever I go on Instagram, I send them love and I send them um, positive vibes and energy and light and everything that they could possibly want. And I set an intention of like the fact that even, even when I do like a webinar or a podcast or a free challenge that leads into some sort of sale, that leads into some sort of promotion, I set this intention that whether or not people buy or not, they're going to get massive breakthroughs. Like just because they came into my energy, they're going to leave blessed. And I can't tell you guys, especially for those of you who are listening, how well that works and how much of my audience growth simply came from that. Like I wouldn't look at myself as like, oh, my content is so much better than someone else who's speaking on manifestation or so much better than someone else who's speaking on law of attraction who has less followers. It's simply just about like people feeling that energy. And when people feel that energy, they can't help but be magnetized to you. And I think that that's like the best way to grow an audience, the best way to grow a business. Oops, my alarm. Um, The best way to grow a business and the best way to um, invite people into your space. And if they feel called to work with you, then that that sale is just going to come so naturally. It's never something that you need to push because when you're just drawing people in and pulling people in, it's very, very natural and people just feel compelled. Um, my husband always says, don't tell, compel. And I love that. That's like what I live by now. I'm like, don't just tell people what you think and what to do and how to act. Like, be the leader, be the example, show them, um, compel them. And that's just been, it's been incredible. Um, just a couple more questions for you. What, how would you define being in alignment? I talked about this this morning on my social media, and I think that there's a lot of misconceptions around what it means to be in alignment. And a lot of people get confused. Like, am I in alignment? Am I not? Like, are things are pretty chaotic right now. Does that mean I'm not in alignment or everything feels easy now? So does that mean I'm in alignment? Like, what does it mean to you? I feel like it's always changing for me because there's just always new levels and layers unlocked. You know, it's, I I think about, you know, even just the way that we have to, we have to work on working on ourselves reveals to us like what our true nature and our dreams are more and more every day. I remember back when I was, you know, really at the beginning of this chapter of my journey living in New York city and like what I would picture in my meditation every day when it was, you know, when I was, thinking about, you know, where I wanted to be was just like a nicer apartment in New York City until finally that like fell away. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go and 
live like off the grid on an island <laughs> and like build an intentional community. And that's what I'm doing now. And, um, and so like just this sense of what, what we're supposed to be doing is really, it's, it, yeah, just where I'm at right now is that it's, it's constantly evolving. And I think we are in a moment evolutionarily as, as a collective where we still are being really called to trust what feels good to trust what lights us up and to not get into these mental games of like, well, it feels so easy and it feels so good. And is this alignment or would it be more spiritual to do this? Or like it's, and in some ways alignment is something that you can organically experience. But for me, alignment is just like, am I praying every moment of every day as much as I can (laughs) and, and being in conversation with the divine because, you know, in some ways, like my life is just like, God watching God's self and having an experience. And there's many ways that experience could go. Um, And and I think us getting into our free will power as well, where we bless our desires, where we're not like, is it egoic to want this? It's like, God's like, that's not a fun thing for me to experience. Go for it. Let me know what you want to experience. And then, you know, if it's not aligned with your divine path, like I'm going to redirect you. Right. I I love that you said that it changes because for me also, like as a spiritual teacher, some of my, when people ask me the same question, you ask me the same question every day and every day just depends and I'll answer it differently and I'll share my story differently. And what I, how, when people ask like, Catherine, what is it that you do? I'll always tell a different story. There's always like another level. And I relate so much to like the, the fact that we are multidimensional and being in alignment is multidimensional and it just depends on, on what we're experiencing and it can change every single day. So I love that you echoed that and made me feel more normal because sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, am I, I keep changing my mind or am I changing my mind or why is my truth resonate differently for me every single day? Like, why does it keep shifting? And now I realize of course, it's because we're constantly shifting and we're multidimensional and we're constantly switching between timelines. And that's like the beauty of our expression. It's the beauty of why we're here. And I would say too, like for people who are asking, and I know that energy of like the repetitive question of what is alignment? Am I in alignment? Yeah. Get behind that question. Why are you asking that question? (laughs) Do some work there. A lot of it comes from what you were talking about at the beginning, which is that fear of getting it wrong. Mm. What would it look like to, and I, I work a lot with clients and, and just with myself around vows to wake up every day and say like, let everything I do be aligned with the divine plan and let it be abundantly clear in the most clear but gentle way possible if I'm not. <laughs> and you know, when you start to do that over and over again, you get more guided right? It's almost like there's a passivity to the way that we relate to creation. And then we get a little bit of weird, funky passivity back because it's like free will, yo, I'm going to mirror exactly what you're bringing to me. And also what, you know, so that's like one layer. And then another layer of the question of repetitively wondering if you're in alignment is like, if you're asking that you're probably not, there's probably a big decision in your life where you're like, I can only pull so many Oracle cards. Mm. I have to leave my relationship and move to a different place. Or I just have to do that thing. Truth bomb. Oh my God. We're going to leave it on that note because I know personally I can keep going and going and going. But if you guys want more from Aaron, because as you can tell, he's so amazing. There's so much knowledge within him, so much wisdom. Where can people find you? Where, Where do you like to hang out? Where can people connect with you and learn more about you and get into your programs and all the stuff that you do? 
Amazing. This has been such a fun conversation. I feel like we could talk for three I more know, hours. Literally. Yeah. So if folks want to connect, Instagram is the place where I feel most aligned to share. I'm there um, basically every day. It's at Aaron X Rose. And then AaronXRose.com um, is my website with a little bit more intel. But Instagram is really where that most like nourishing, vibrant in-person community and very in real time energy updates are happening these days. You, if you find him on Instagram, you're going to spend hours going through every single post because it's literally like soul food and it's so nourishing and it's so elevating and high vibrational and you have so many truth bombs. So definitely, please, if there's anything that you do today, go follow Aaron. Um, And then also for those of you listening, take a screenshot right now, post it on your Insta stories and tag both at Aaron X Rose and at Manifestation Babe and let us know your biggest takeaways and aha moments and breakthroughs and just send all the love back to Aaron for all that he gave to you today. Aaron, it's been such a pleasure. You are such a beautiful soul, such a light. I absolutely love this conversation and I know this is not going to be the last one. So thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you. This has been such a pleasure to really just co-create with you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest the magic.